Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChuFits, IfTheCHUFits. Really happy to be here with you on this holiday. Happy July 4th to those who celebrate and to those who don't. I hope you're able to use this time in a way that's meaningful to you we'll get right into it with injuries and transactions Xander Bogertz is day-to-day after getting several stitches so keep an eye on that Ian Kennedy also day-to-day with a leg cramp after leaving his appearance on Sunday early and Adam Duvall was held out of Sunday game with a hand injury Michael Waka scratched from today's start with arm issues something to keep an eye on Juan Soto also missed his game today as they try to figure out what to do about his calf injury Jeffrey Spring of the Rays he'll have his start pushed to Tuesday originally slated to start today Craig Kimbrell of the Dodgers his scans came back negative after leaving his appearance on on Sunday early with back issues. It's a good time to scoop up Bruster Gretterall, the heart-throwing righty. He's been real effective in recent days, and I think that he's probably the second in line there. All of a sudden, the Brewers have out- outfield depth issues as Hunter Renfro still not able to return, and Tyrone Taylor's now been placed on the seven-day concussion IL. David Peterson was placed on the paternity list, but he should still be able to get a start this week in the latter half. Frankie Montas is getting an MRI today to try and figure out what's going on with his shoulder. Ranger Suarez was placed on the 15-day IL with back spasms. Will Myers, if he's still relevant to you in your league, should be starting a rehab assignment this week. Anthony Desclafani confirmed yesterday, unfortunately, that he'll miss the remainder of the season due to an ankle. And Lamont Wade Jr. missed Sunday's game with a bruised elbow, so you should consider him dated. Ty France is eligible to return from the IL today, but the Mariners aren't ready to activate him quite yet. Hopefully he can be activated before the second half of the week. Liam Hendricks will be activated from the IL today, with Max Scherzer, Nick Lodolo, Ben Gamble, and Yoshi Satsugo being activated before action tomorrow. Of course, Max Scherzer's the big name there, though Nick Lodolo is someone to keep an eye on. Jake Odorizzi is going to take the mound today for the Astros against the Royals, so that might be a nice streaming pick for you if you still got time for that. Jacob DeGrom faced six single-A batters on Sunday, struck out five of them, and hit the other. Feel bad for that kid. Uh, that guy throws pretty hard, I hear. Seiya Suzuki looks to return to action today against the Brewers. He went four for nine in three rehab games in AAA with two doubles and a home run. The Guardians claimed, well, former Guardian Oscar Mercado off waivers from the Phillies, which might be interesting if you're like in a 30-team league. Speaking of 30-team league, folks, James Karinchak was activated from the uh, from the IL as well, brought him up for the minors, so uh, he's someone that'll be in that bullpen, but he was not performing well in AAA, so he shouldn't be any kind of threat to Emmanuel Kloss in Cleveland. Tyler O'Neill begins a rehab assignment today. Hopefully, he'll be back within a week or so. The Angels, in their never-ending search for back-end starters, actually picked up one-time prospect Tuki Toussaint from Atlanta for cash and a mid-season trade. And then the Padres just as a bit of news announced that they might move Fernando Tatis Jr. into the outfield, which we saw at times last season, when he returns from the IL, though that's still a ways away. 
Now, as we look at more at yesterday's action, we'll start with the hitters. JT Real Muto of the Phillies went two for four with a home run, two RBI, and a stolen base. The season-long numbers still stink, but he's got three home runs and three steals across his last eight starts, including two combo meals. He's only got one more swipe uh, before he reaches his career high of 12, and he could even push for 20 by the end of the season if the Phillies are still desperate enough to send him running. CJ Crone of the Rockies, he went two for four with two home runs and six RBI. He slammed the door on a 12-game home run homerless streak with these two bombs to finish out his homestand. He currently stands as the number three first baseman so far in the season, and I can see him as a top eight first baseman the rest of the way in a position that does seem to have reloaded on depth and strengthened the top in recent years, thanks to some breakouts and some guys who just refuse to accept that they're getting older. Jeremy Pena of the Astros. He went four for five with two home runs, including a walk-off. He had three RBI, and Jeremy Pena isn't going to let missed time keep him out of that AL Rookie of the Year race. Walk-off, two-run shot, put the cap on the Astros win and helped keep Pena neck and neck with divisional upstart Julio Rodriguez. It's not going to be easy for Bobby Witt Jr. or Adley Rushman or even or Stephen Kwan or anyone else to catch these two as J-Rod and Pena lead the pack by a full win according to Fangraph's war. Marcelo Zuna of Atlanta, he went two for four with two home runs, both solo shots. He's got six home runs and a double-digit walk rate with an 8.59 OPS in his last 18 games. And Ozuna's currently looking to me a lot like the player he was in his last season as a Cardinal, where Ozuna finished hitting below 250, but did have nearly 30 home runs. Edward Olivares of the Royals had a home run, two runs scored, two RBI, and a walk in 63 trips to the plate this season, over 22 appearances, seven of which are in-game substitutions. Edward Olivares is hitting 305 with three home runs, two steals, and a 148 WRC+. The only real question is whether the Royals, who can't resist jerking Edward Olivares around, actually will let him stay on the Major League roster. He's got seven games in his current stay the longest he's been up uh, this season is 11 games uh, because they just keep moving up and down and somehow he's still got one more minor league option so if the Royals indeed maybe trade Andrew Benintendi as the rumors suggest I might feel a little bit more comfortable about Edward Olivares and the permanent lineup but until then the Royals track record suggests that they might send him down for no Josh Bell of the Nationals continued being hot he went two for four with a double a home run two runs scored Bell's 205 weighted runs created plus since since June 1st is second among all qualified hitters. Of course, WRC plus a measurement of where 100 is the average player. Every point above or below is how good you are a uh, percentage of the average. So if you're 100, you're an average. If you're 205, that means you're 105% better than the average hitter. So Bell's 205 WRC plus since June 1st, second among all qualified hitters. Uh, he's not first because Jordan Alvarez leads the pack with a ludicrous 257 WRC+, plus, one of the highest I've ever seen for a sample that size. So, something to just keep in mind, he is absolutely raking. Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox, he went 2 for 6 with a run, scored 3 RBI. And look, the kid can, defi- can, can definitely hit. Andrew Vaughn has got a ton of hits right now, though his ground ball and fly ball rates are trending in the wrong direction over the last month or so. I think there's more power than Vaughn's let on, but but he's going to need to keep the ball out of the dirt to unlock that, so keep an eye on that. Ronald Acuna Jr. of Atlanta, he went two for four with a walk and two stolen bases, and it just blows my mind how a human being goes from, I can't put weight on my foot, to stealing two bases in a Major League Baseball game in less than a week. Just blows my mind. Julio Rodriguez, of course, who I already talked about a little earlier, he went two for 
three with a double, a home run, and two RBI, and say hello to a currently top five fantasy outfielder. I don't project him as the number five outfielder going forward, but he's certainly been a top five guy thanks to the power and speed he's had all season. I'm really impressed so far with how well he's adjusted after starting out with an alarming strikeout rate. He's done well. He continues to improve. Uh, Just look at the rolling strikeout rate charts. Uh, By the way, rolling strikeout rate charts are one of my favorite tools, like an entry-level rolling chart, if you will. It's really easy to understand. I use it constantly. It'll give you a much better idea of how hitters are adjusting, so keep an eye on those. Mookie Betts for the Dodgers back. He actually played in the outfield, despite some rumblings that he might be at second base. He went two for three with two doubles, two runs scored, and two walks, so two for two for two. Not a bad day. Franmil Reyes of the Guardians. He went two for four with a home run and two RBI. And on one hand, Franmil Reyes is stinging the ball. He's slugging 561 since returning from the IL with three doubles and three home runs in those 11 games. On the other hand, Franmil Reyes has 21 strikeouts, good for a 48.8% strikeout rate and just two walks in that time. A 10 to one strikeout to walk ratio is not going to cut it. So I'm very, very concerned about how Franmil Reyes could possibly this up. Haseon Kim of the Padres. He went one for four with a home run and two RBI. And I just want to point out that he's been smooth as silk against lefties with a 17.2% walk rate with just a 9.1% strikeout rate and 99 plate appearances against those lefties. That's good for a 404 OBP. There's not much power here, but if the Friars let him lead off against a southpaw, it'll be a sneaky DFS or daily points league play. Just something to keep an eye on. Maybe if you're in a deep Spencer Torkelson of the Tigers, just want to call out that he went one for four with a home run and two RBI and just keep an eye on that ground ball fly ball split. He's hitting the ball in the air more late and his Woba has trended fairly closely with that fly ball rate. Basically, the more fly balls that Spencer Torkelson hits, the better hitter he's been. So he's improved the plate discipline considerably as well. This is a guy I just want people to keep an eye on. I know the stats look bad, but he's not overmatched. He's definitely got a, a lot of good things going on right now. Just keep an eye on it. And then Joey Wendell of the Marlins. He went one for four. He got an RBI, a walk, and a stolen base. The scrappy infielder has gotten on base five times in his two starts, which is relevant in deep leagues for ratios and just enough steals and home runs to matter. He also could eat into the playing time of John Birdie, although ha- that hasn't happened quite yet. Now we'll look into the starters from yesterday, go through as many as I can. Charlie Morton of Atlanta went against the Reds. It's a no decision. He went seven innings pitch with no earned runs, one hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts, 14 whiffs. That's a 36% CSW on 94 pitches. He has three great starts and one acceptable one in his last four. He threw some extra cutters in place of four seamers with devastating effectiveness. Those cutters got a 47.1% CSW. That's more than Charlie Morton's thrown all season. And he threw them especially hard as well, clocking in at almost 90 miles an hour, something an eye on. Carlos Carrasco of the Mets. He went against the Rangers. He gets the win. 5.2 innings pitched and one earned run. Six hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. And all I really have to say is Carlos Carrasco gets the Marlins next. And this is definitely the type of line he can put up against the Marlins. Uh, They're an offense that's simply vulnerable uh, to the strikeout. So I think he could do well there. Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. He went against the Giants. He gets the win on six innings pitch, one earned run, three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, 102 pitches. Another solid start, solid velocity, and he really challenged Giants hitters in the zone with this one, with all three of his pitches being in the zone over 40% of the time, including the fastball and changeup being in the zone over 50% of the time. And that change piece is where the magic is really happening. He's posted a 51.7% CSW with it on six whiffs and nine called strikes in this one, mostly right at the bottom of the zone. Looked really good. Speaking of looking real good, Robbie Ray 
play of the Mariners went against the A's, a familiar opponent for him. He went 6.2 innings pitch with one earned run, four hits, two walks, 12 strikeouts, 107 pitchers, and that sinker is still dominating, though he actually had it in the zone nearly twice as often against the A's, perhaps knowing that even if they hit it, the damage would be limited. And actually, the A's did have a 60.6% hard hit rate game, uh, but for what it's worth, that all that exit velocity came almost exclusively ground balls, nothing really that dangerous except for a home run. Uh, that sinker looked like a disaster when he debuted it against the Astros, but in the five game since, Robbie Ray has a 0.80 ERA and a 32% strikeout rate. He looks like a new man with that sinker. Shane Baz of the Rays went against the Blue Jays in Toronto, still goes, gets the win. He goes six innings pitched, one in a run, seven hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. And hey, you know what? Shane Baz, he's an ace in my book. Got to keep pulling him out. There's no one that I'm benching him against. Uh, unfortunately, though, I will be benching Tarek Skubal here and there uh, for the Tigers. He went against the Royals. He needed this one. He could not get it. He gets the loss on 4.2 innings pitched, five earned runs, five hits, three walks, just one strikeout and seven whiffs. And he's lost right now. As much as I love Tarek Skubal, I can't really start him in fantasy unless it's against a weak opponent. Uh, and I really just need him to, I need to see him spinning strikes like he was earlier in the year. The way he commanded his stuff was a lot better. Command's really met right now, and it's just not going to cut it. You shouldn't really drop him in 12 teamers yet, but I understand why you want to. Young pitchers go through things like this. I just try to patience. Tristan McKenzie had a much better day, though, for the Guardians. He went against the Yankees. He gets the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts, 92 pitches, which is a great line after two absolute duds against the Twins, so a lot of hope back in that arm. And then Brandon Woodruff, speaking of hope, uh, we hoped that he'd look like an ace against the Pirates. He did. He gets the win in Pittsburgh. Six innings pitched, no earned runs, six hits, no walks, eight strikeouts. He's the ace that we'd hoped he'd be, and we're always happy about that. As far as the relief performances from yesterday, Tanner Scott of the Marlins blew a save but earned a win this Sunday against the Nats. Dylan Floro came in to pick up the save in the following inning. It's the first time that Tanner Scott had allowed runs in six outings, so his job's likely safe for now, uh, even from Dylan Floro, their closer last. On the other side, Taylor Rainey of the Nats blew his save, uh, though as Eric Dadman pointed out in the reliever ranks for today, Taylor uh, Tanner Rainey's job is secure and his contract status, which is really team-friendly, makes him unlikely to be traded. In the musical chairs game that is the Rays bullpen, Jason Adam picked up his third save, probably close to the top of the pegging order in that bullpen with Colin Poche, though uh, the Rays were missing two of their top relievers in this series due to it being Toronto and their vaccination status. AJ Minter was part of the bullpen collapse for Atlanta, which might suggest that Will Smith is the arm to target in most leagues, so something to keep an eye on. He's probably already rostered, but you can always take a look. Hunter Strickland, blue save for the Reds, as is tradition, and I'm probably just avoiding this bullpen entirely, and I'm sure the Reds wish that they could say the same. Ryan Presley continued his resurgence. I know I keep talking about it, but he's retired. He retired every batter he faced. He's keeping that fastball above 95 miles an hour. It's exactly what we want to see. He looks very dominant. I think you can get him in trade because uh, folks think that they're selling high. Uh, I think they're wrong. I think that you're buying at just the right time and get in and feel very confident. Uh, Dylan Tate for the Orioles did what Jorge Lopez had not been able to do recently. That's convert a save. I don't think it's a competition right now. Uh, Lopez was simply unavailable for this one, uh, but Tate is a good option in save plus hold leagues because he is getting a lot of holds and simply because if Jorge Lopez isn't available or loses that job, it'll probably be Dylan Tate that comes in. And then Paul Sewald got another save. I think that's five in a row and more or less indicating that he's really the closer for the Mariners. Andres Munoz dominated as well. Good option in uh, most leagues for holds and occasional saves. And as we look to the day ahead, of course, we'll be looking at the weather. But before we do that, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after that. Hey, Alex Fast here. And thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If 
if you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And we are back due to some technical difficulties. We couldn't get Mark's weather report today. However, I can tell you that the one game I am worried about is St. Louis and Atlanta. That game is at 7.20 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, There is some potential chance for rain there, so just keep an eye on that. And uh, now we'll look at the rest of the day's action. As far as a streamer is concerned, if you're looking for a streaming pitcher, I definitely like Cal Quantrill of the Detroit Tigers. And if you're looking for steals this week, I haven't done this in a little while, I thought I'd tell you that. For steals, you're looking at the Orioles. Cubs, Tigers, Twins, and Mariners as the best stolen base matchups of the week. Again, that's Orioles, Cubs, Tigers, Twins, and Mariners. So you can definitely look at the top of those lineups for some steals. If you're real desperate, you can always look at a guy like Jorge Mateo, uh, or hopefully someone who's a little better with the stick than him. And with that, we conclude our show for today. So again, thank you all so much for listening. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. You can find us online, PitcherList.com. Hope you'll check out the site and all the articles we've got uh, just as a way to try to win your fantasy base baseball league or just learn more about baseball in general thank you so much again for listening hope you have a great rest of your day this has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com if you enjoyed today's episode rate us on itunes follow us on twitter at pitcherlist and help support what we do by joining our discord with pitcherlist plus at pitcherlist.com slash plus